Hey, 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 this is Doug Davidoff here. I am filling in for our producer, Hannah Munoz. Hannah is going to be out for the next several episodes. Yep, she gave birth. She had a beautiful, beautiful baby boy. So Hannah, uh, I got this covered for you. Uh, we'll keep the house under order. Jess and I will uh, try to clean up uh, before you get back from the parties that we have. Uh, but for those of you listening to this episode, this episode, of the RevOps show, um, it's one of my favorite topics. Jess digs in with me about sales pipelines. We talk about some of the biggest mistakes that get made um, with pipelines. What is the same about every pipeline? How to know whether or not you should have more than one pipeline, one pipeline, and what you should do to have a clear, solid pipeline to drive uh, sales outcomes and sales results. It's a fun episode. Uh, Jess is back from vacation. Hannah is off on maternity leave. I, yes, Doug Davidoff, have been here stuck in the heat and humidity, keeping the trains rolling. Let's jump into the RevOps show. Jess, you look rested, ready. You're back. I couldn't hear any music. You couldn't hear any music. Well, if the music didn't come through, no. Jess, then um, then then we will add it to uh, we'll add it in post production. Okay, fine. But <laughs> but you're back. You, you look rested. You look ready. Now, I'm back. <laughs> the beach was amazing. There was sand. There was water. There was alcohol. It checked all the boxes. I heard. I heard it's hot down there. In Texas, it is. It's hotter in San Antonio than it was at the coast, though. So, go I figure. Austin's like ten days in a row, hundred degrees plus. Is there any truth oh, that's that nothing. Anymore? We've nothing. been we've been like hundred degrees plus for like since May. <laughs> so, for like a good six weeks. Well, you yeah. know, that's what happens when you're in hell. <laughs> wow. Wow, way, way to pander to all of our Texan fans. <laughs> oh, that's right. Your mom's in Texas. I forgot. Yeah, my mom was going to be so sad about that comment. Is your mom excited that she's like a star here on the show? She's so excited. She loves, she loves when she gets a shout out. I get a text message. She's thrilled. For real? Thrilled. For real? For real. Yeah, for real. For real. Yeah. And, yep. and she's, and she's still, our, she's our one listener. And and your dad's still pretty proud of um, the Reds conversation, although I'm sure he was somewhat disappointed that his daughter couldn't remember what it was. Said. It was a, it was a combination of pride and disappointment, which that's, that's about par for the course. There so. you go. Well, you know, <laughs> that's the whole point of having kids to be proud and disappointed all at the same time. Yep. Yep, exactly. All exactly. right, Jess, what are we talking about today? I want to talk about structuring a pipeline today. Structuring a pipeline or building a pipeline, both? Both. Oil I think, pipeline? I think we're going to touch both. Yeah, let's talk about building and structuring an oil pipeline on the RevOps show. I'm sure everybody will be super entertained by that conversation. Um. You know what Jay Paul Getty said were the three secrets to getting rich. So he had a no, fail-proof three-step plan to becoming rich beyond your wildest dreams. What 
what is that plan? He said, first, wake up early. Okay. Second, work hard. I'm screwed. Work hard. I screwed again. <laughs> Third, and, and, and this could be your shot, strike oil. I am in Texas. So, so maybe get up early, day. work hard, strike oil. Okay. That was his, that Got was it. his three part plan. I'm going to start working on that right after I get the pause button figured so, out. <clears throat> so, you know, uh, data is the new oil. I don't, I don't really know what that means, but. Okay. Wow. Wow. We are fully off the rails. Not even, not even five minutes in. Great. I want to talk about structuring. You know a, what? You need to bring uh, a little bit more um, discipline and control. You're supposed to be the host here. I'm supposed to be the provocateur. I am. You're supposed to be prepared. That's what they tell me. That's what I, I'm never prepared for this. Never prepared for this. Um, I want to talk about structuring a sales pipeline. Let's do That's it. That's what I want to talk about. Okay. I was going to ask you where we start, but I get the same answer to that every time we land in the same place, which is <laughs> map your business process. So once you've once you've taken that first step of mapping your business process, where Actually, do you, you know where what? do you start? You know what, Jess? Oh, oh! Someone asked me today, do I naturally just take the other side of everything, or? And I said, yes. You know, I had a thought about taking that approach that you were gonna you were gonna just totally contradict me. So let's let's go. So, so in, in, in some ways, the, um, you know, structuring your pipeline, defining your pipeline is part of mapping your business process. So, um, like, like I could see as part of, as part of the mapping process, mm -hmm. I think that you could, you know, depending upon where you're comfortable, where you're coming from, you could start at the pipeline and then work into what are the inputs into the pipeline and out of the pipeline. Um, or you could start with just the overall flow, you know, as, as we've talked about, um, and, and we'll probably get yep. an episode on at some point. Um, but yeah, so, so go ahead. What was your question? I don't even remember what your question was. Well, how, where do you start? Like, how do you start? I don't, I don't have a sales, a defined sales pipeline. How do I start? Oh, really? by so structure? You like, asked me, where do we start together? So I thought you asked me, where do I start? And I was pretty sure that my answer to where do we start is always the same, but actually it was, uh, I thought my answer was going to be, well, in the beginning. At the beginning. Yeah. The there's, beginning. there's that sort of the beginning. That's um, super helpful. So, so you got, you got to give me a little bit more than, than where do we start? Um, I guess where I would start is give me a little bit more. Um, what, what's the, so I don't have a design, a, de, a defined sales pipeline. I want to put one in place for my, for my reps to be able to track progress with their sales opportunities. How do, how do I start putting a structure in place for, to track those things? So, so just so we're not speaking in, in coded language or, 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 or confusing language, we're, we're talking about how do we create a sales pipeline that that um you know what are to define what are the stages of the pipeline that a deal or opportunity goes through correct I and mean, that's what that's what we're talking about yeah yep. so correct how, yep. do, how do we identify and define what our sales stages are what the stages of our pipeline yep. are? All right yep 
Um, well, you start by mapping your business process, Jeff. <laughs> the, oh. There, 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 there. So, if you think about the revenue acceleration framework, this mm -hmm. this is the structure part of the framework. Mm -hmm. um, the structure is driven by the go-to-market strategy, and and key elements of the go-to-market strategy are um, economic model and sales model. So, so the go-to-market strategy we talk about is what's the economic model, what's the sales model, what what what's the messaging, positioning. Um, and holy cow, there's a fourth one, and I can't remember what the fourth item is. But hey, check out the sale notes. Check out the show notes, sale notes, show notes. Um, so, you know, the it, it's when I was on a podcast earlier today, and and the same question was asked. Um, the 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 topic was about marketing to sales handoffs, and mm -hmm. um, the ho it was with uh, with George GBT, um, and he asked me. You know, so I'm, I'm somebody I don't have, I don't have a handoff. Where do I start? I said, well, that's the wrong, you, you start with an accurate, um, representation of, of, of your current situation, which is to say you don't have one, say you don't have anything is a mistake. You have something, right? Um, if certainly if you've made a sale, you have something. Right. Um, and if you haven't made a sale, you have, you have an idea of something. And, and what I'll share with you is every sales um, process goes through the same generic steps or the same generic phases, stages, whatever you want to call them. You, there, there's, there's a stage of finding. There's a learning stage. There's a um, planning stage. There's a consideration mm -hmm. stage. And then there's an action stage. That's just what everything goes through, right? I have to find you. You have to find me. I I, I learn about what you do. I learn about you know, and and again, um, learning's interesting. And again, I, I like so I, I I specifically, with the exception of consideration, sometimes I'll use that 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 term. Um, these are these are generic terms. I never use uh, like I would never use a pipeline stage to call that. It's just understanding that that's the process that people go through. Um. Now, what, what is interesting, depending upon different companies and, and, and what's happening, actually, this is fun as I call this out, um, finding and learning, as, as the seller, the learning happens after finding. Mm -hmm. But as the buyer, the learning could happen before finding. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and by the way, by design. That, that could be, I mean, if you, if you think about what product-led growth is about, product-led growth is really built on the idea that I start learning before I start finding. And, right. and, and then in the yeah. process of learning, I'm finding, right? So a very common term for finding is, is prospecting, discovery, um, pursuit. Those are, those are things that, that, that we use. I, I, I find that the way most people use discovery though, is actually in the learning phase. Um, yep. but but, but so, so again, so understand how do those manifest themselves? Um, what I find is that most good pipelines are going to have at a minimum, 
I'm going to say five. I've been thinking about it. You might in some cases be able to get it to four. Um, but I would say that's very much of an exception. They, you know, but they're, you're, you're going to have five stages and, and realize that your last stage is, is, you know, decision. Um, is that action? Is that what, Cause I was going to yeah. ask you. Okay. Right. I was going to ask you what action was. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I think what you're going to find with, again, with some exceptions, a, a strong pipeline is going to have somewhere between five and nine stages. Um, what what you want to do is really begin to break down what what are the key inflection points. So so and I'll tell you why I like um, why I like five stages too as 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 a general theme is 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 it aligns with um, you know one of my favorite metaphors when it comes to sales, Jess. Right, Texas Hold'em, the swing path. No, oh, Texas, Texas hold them. No, Swing Path has three points. Okay. Right. So, 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 think about this. This is these are the five. Um, these are the five rounds of Texas Hold'em. Pre-flop. Oh, okay. Yep. Pre-flop, flop, turn, river, and showdown. Right. So, pre-flop is um, first two cards. No one knows anything. You, well, everyone knows what two cards they have. Right? Yeah, you're making a decision, right? Do I want to play these two cards? Yep. Flop, first three community cards come up. Round of of actions. Turn, next card, fourth community card comes up. River, final community card comes up. Showdown. Everyone's got access to the five community cards. There are two cards. Anyone left? Um, yep. if, if anyone's made it to that point. And so what you find is at each step, the game changes or, 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 or the kind of levels, angles, whatever they, 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 you know, there, there, there's a material change. It is a, it is an, it is an inflection. So, so what you're looking at is, is what, you know, where are the inflection points? So, so the swing path is a great is a great analogy. There are there's three points in the swing path, and everything that you're doing between there, um, you know, is about to get your hands in the bat in the right place at the right time to to increase that probability. So, so where are the critical points, right? So, point mm-hmm. number one is, um, have we found have we found you? Have you found us? And and really, what you're looking for here is. Um, Intrigue, engagement, and fit. Yep. It what you're looking at is, I mean, this is your pre-flop, right? You you don't you don't have detailed knowledge. You're not you're not seeking detailed knowledge. You're seeking, you know, positioning. How does this look? Is is this worth spending more time in? Um. The 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 learning area is where. I mean, some people will call it discovery. Some people will call it um, qualification. Some people will call it needs assessment. Um, I often will call it diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, here we're defining the problem. Now, this is a place where I'll oftentimes add a step, depending upon the complexity of the sale, 
the size of the sale, the consideration level of the sale, how much inertia is, is in place, how much change am I looking for, um, is I might, I might combine the problem stage, defining the problem and what, what, what's its cause, what's the cost. Or I might mm -hmm. even break it into two stages, which is defining the problem, then defining the cost of the problem. Right. Um, then there's a planning stage. That planning stage is I'm typically going to, one of my favorite terms is solution design. There's a design phase where, you know, in the problem phase, we're defining what the problem is. Now we're defining what the solution needs to be. What is the solve going to be? Um, here's, you know, an important element where, where I think people get lost is they think about themselves as the solution, right? What, what I talk about, and one of the reasons why I like solution design phase, and, and, and there's really two ways that you're going to do solution design. Um, one phase is, is going to be, um, you know, you're, you're a services offering, you're a custom offering, you're literally determining, you know, there, there, there's at least a little bit of co-creation that's happening because what you do for, for one is different from another, that, which tends to be in, in true services um, places where, where designing what, what your solution is, what your solution is going to be. The, the other element could be more of a product element. So that, like, this, is, this drives me crazy because I saw somebody yesterday on, on LinkedIn talk about um, selling services and their example of selling services was SaaS. And I decided, you know, the juice isn't worth the squeeze to comment on this anymore. But what I wanted to tell them was SaaS is not a service. It's selling software. It's buying software as a service, which is the ongoing. But service is in the name, Doug. I but service that. is I, in that, the name. That's about the business <laughs> model, not the. Because, you know, if I'm selling, let's just, you know, pick our favorite. Um, SaaS company, if I'm selling HubSpot, you know, marketing hub enterprises, marketing hub enterprises, marketing hub enterprise, right? Right. It, right. It, it's not going to change in this case. So like, and wh whereas, um, you know, what we do, we have different elements and different programs. There is much more of a you know, co-creation element to what's there. So in, in, in that product oriented sale, it's figuring out what elements of. Right. And, and, and what you're doing is this is the transition. This stage is the transition from understanding the problem to presenting your product or service as the best alternative. What the salute, what, what this planning stage is, 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 it's the objective solution. Understand your product is not a solution. A solution by definition is brand agnostic. You are a, you are a methodology. You are an alternative for the solution, but you're not the solution. So if this is the problem, what has to happen to solve the problem, right? That typically gets manifested in the form of a proposal, a presentation or something along those lines that then moves into a consideration or adjustment or adjustment or negotiation that then moves into a final decision phase, which then can trigger a whole mm -hmm. bunch of things. Um, and, and so whatever you're doing, you're going through those steps like that. That, that is the journey of of a decision involving a product or service. So, so, so you're, you're, you're gonna look 
to those elements. And then I'm a big believer that words mean things. You want the word for the stage to be, I mean, it, it, it's the area, I, I find so many people just miss this. It, it, it is the place where you get to bring behavioral science um, to your side. You, you get to nudge. You get to, you know, because when I, when I say solution design, by, by calling it that, I'm, I'm without saying anything, I'm, I'm saying that you're going through a configuration. You're not just, right? If, if I say presentation or proposal, then, then I'm yeah. thinking, okay, jump to proposal, right? And, and, and so I, I will probably get into mistakes, but you're, you're, you're looking at what are the key inflection points? And by the way, like, so I, on, on one hand, I hate the, the way that modern sales has taken CRM stages and said, stage one is worth 5%, stage two is worth 15%, probability <laughs> stage. Right. While on one hand, I hate that, right? And, and the reason I hate it is because the stage is really not the key indicative. What is true is each stage should should articulate a, a milestone that that by crossing that milestone there is a higher probability of of winning your hand than than there was yep. before that. Yep. And so where does the probability shift? When, when, at what point do, when it crosses this threshold, we either know it's out or it's more like that's how you begin to identify where those where those points are. And so if you're in a crazy complex all over the place, you're going to have more stages because you need it's like being it's like sailing a boat in a storm. You're going to you're going to tighten your waypoints. You're going to have more right. waypoints along the way. If, if I'm in smooth waters and, and it's clear and et cetera, then I, I can extend the waypoints out. I don't need to be, you know, those inflection points aren't as many or don't need to be as close because I'm not going to be so far off course. But what stages should do is to prevent you from being too far off course that you can't course correct um, without suffering yep. significant cost or loss. So that's why you'd have more stages in a more complex sale Less and I, you know what I should say is it a more complicated sale. Okay. I, I knew as soon as complex came out of my mouth. <laughs> um, who should, who should you involve? Like, so as you're, as you're kind of defining these inflection points and putting the pipeline stages in place, who should be involved in that? Should it, should it be the, the sales reps? Should it be the, the VP of sales? Do you want to get marketing involved? Do you want to get, RevOps involved, like who, who should be, who should be at the table as you're, as you're mapping that process out? Who should, who should be contributing or who should be creating? Well, those are two different, those are two different questions. Um, I, I, let's start with who should be contributing, who should be contributing to everybody. What do you mean by everybody? Salespeople should be contributing. I want to, if I'm doing a real full design, I want to talk to salespeople mm -hmm. and I want to hear what's happening. I want them to walk through sales that they've won. I want them to walk through sales that they've lost. I'm not, I'm not asking them what stages do you want? I'm, I'm asking them to, to walk through and I'm digging in and what I'm looking for are patterns, right? 
Um, you know, people throw around the word scale all the time when it comes to growth mm-hmm. and no one knows what, no, like, not no one, but the, not, the percentage of people who use the word scale and know what it means, I don't think is very high. Um, and, and, and so I finally saw a definition to scale that I actually really like. Scaling is um, repeatability for greater profit. Okay. Yeah. So, so scaling means there's greater predictability. Scaling means that that you're able to do things with more weights. Like, you know, people say I scaled from, we we scaled from 10 people to 300. No, 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 no. You hire 290 more people. You spent more money. Um, what you, you scaled from 10 to 300 when the 300th employee was, was more profitable than, than the 200 employee. And it could be from any more, more productive, um, you know, the, the, your, your underlying cost structure, right? So, so, so you're generating more juice for the squeeze with less mystery, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so that's what, um, so I was talking to somebody yesterday and today that, that just a friend who was talking about, yeah, you know, I feel, you know, I, I still don't really have a, a documented sales process, but you know, I'm the only person that's selling. And I'm like, and, and, and by the way, I think, I think yeah, very, very small company, right? I'm like, right. The, the last thing you need is a documented sales process. As a matter of fact, what I told him, was, <laughs> what I told him was, I said, the, the worst thing you could do is to document your sales process. Because if you documented your sales process, you'd start thinking about your sales process in the wrong way. Right. And, 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 and you wouldn't gain anything about it. You don't, you don't, they're, they're not in a position to scale. So, so to some degree to a large degree, like this conversation doesn't mean like they shouldn't be listening to this episode. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, what, you know, I, I see people going, well, what do you think the stages are? No, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, by the way, when, when I'm doing, if we're doing a full, again, a, a full sales team, sales process, sales structure design, um, mm-hmm. what, what we're going to do is we're going to do some mapping and we're going to talk about flows. We're, we're going to talk about it in a very generic way. Cause, cause right. I want to get you, you know, we, I, we talk about the business process has to drive the technology, right? The business process has to drive the sales pipeline. Right. And, and, and so let, you know, let, let's get a picture of what is our, you know, what is our underlying flow? What is the underlying journey? What, what is our hypothesis? Where, where do we identify though, you know, those, key components, key inflection points. And while, you know, the, the, the five steps that I talked about are the same, like they're always there, how they manifest themselves. What's what, what, what the path looks like, you know, what's the horizontal, what's the vertical. They're, they're, they're all very, very dependent. The other thing I'm listening for is language. Cause, cause, cause I want to cue. Um, again, the words that I use, what I label things is going to cue what behavior. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, if, 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 if I say demo, then everyone's going to run to demo. Right. And it's, I'm not, it's like, Hey, let yeah. me say demo, right. If I say solution design, well, you're going to do something completely different. Right. Yeah. And it's fascinating too, because I don't think that we get a more visceral, visceral reaction to anything that we outline as much as we do on pipeline stages. People just have a, have a crazy, like, so if it's, 
it, and rightfully so because of what you said because sometimes you'll use a word or a term that means something totally different internally within the organization it's like no 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 we can't call it that and like so it, it is so important what you name those stages. So, so, so I think that, that, that you've got that. I think another reason why we get a lot of visceral pushback is that when you define the stages in certain ways. And so, by the way, when I say demo, the, the threshold, the expectation, the, the effort required from a selling organization is, is one level. If I say solution design, it's a distinctly oh, different yeah. level. Right. So some people don't like to use the word design in it because they actually have a design offering. Right. right. And so they don't want to. Yeah. And, and so, again, so we can find another word. Um, but like and it's funny, like I, I thought actually you were going to talk about we, um, our response to, to should demo be a stage. And, and, and the funny thing is, oh, well, that there, there, you know, there's one cohort of people who are like, you know, number one fan club finally somebody says demo shouldn't be a stage another group is like what do you mean that like if we don't demos right and and they don't realize that that whether it's the name of the stage or not doesn't increase or diminish its importance it's that demo is the thing you do it's not a stage and so that that, that, that's one of the key lessons is never confuse and i see this happen all the time um and this is like I, i i saw a 17 stage pipeline right oh yeah i have two and and what it was was 17 17 activities um, yeah. Yeah. There's so like, been, there's been several of those where I'm like, pipeline these, stage, these four scheduled. activities in a stage. Pipe, yeah. Pipeline stage, meaning scheduled. Pipeline stage, meaning held. Okay. That's because yeah. by the way, here's the other problem. So the meeting scheduled, the meetings held and it's clear that this is not a fit. So it goes to closed loss. Well, did it go to closed loss from like what? Did, well, again, I saw one where they had a they had a no so, no show stage. Well, they, and it's well, like okay, and then so they're like okay, well we're trying to rebook, and I'm like okay, and then the the opportunities like going back and forth like ping pong. It's it's insane. It's well, insane. And, and and now one pushback that I got from somebody was well well I've got to you know we've got to be able to track you know what what's it taking to get from meetings. I'm like okay that that's the configuration of your CRM. That's not yeah. your um, but the other thing that I asked too, was I said, well, from, from talking to your salespeople, typically they're going to, they're going to have seven to nine meetings to make a sale, but you only have one meeting stage. So when, yeah. when they're dead, right. And, and so that's where, so, but, but again, that's where you're thinking about it as, um, you know, it, 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 it's why people hate when, when you talk to sales sides and, and, and they, they get a negative visceral reaction when we talk about process because yeah. they view process as restraining. That's an example of, of a restraining process as opposed to, you know, if, if, if you view it as, you know, what are the key milestones to creating a customer? Yep. And, 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 and that's where like we actually go and I'm a big fan of if, if we, we actually have two distinct pipeline phases which is we have a pre-sales opportunity pipeline, which is what our market development reps work from and, and sales development works from because they're they're generating a bona fide sales qualified opportunity. Right. And 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 there are there are milestones to that. And 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 it really is, you know, it 
we don't use the same names for the stages at all. But if you look at it, it's still the fa- the same five steps. Yeah. Right. It's just that what I'm selling is a sales process, if if you will. I mean, I, that's not what you call it out necessarily, but. Um, so the, this actually got to one question I had, which is when are when are two pipelines better than one? One or three pipelines better than two. So, so what's interesting is what I just said is going to get misinterpreted as two pipelines instead of one because they're, you, you could theoretically say that, that our pre-sales pipeline and our sales pipeline is really one pipeline because the only overlap is the very end of the first pipe, pipeline to the beginning of the second pipeline. Right. What we've done is we've broken them up into two different pipelines because they are two different business processes. There's a beginning. So for the market development team, this is the beginning. This is the end. And also, by Mm -hmm. the way, behavioral science. What when do salespeople get their greatest dopamine hit? When they get to move that that deal or opportunity to close one. Right. And, And you know what SDRs don't get? They don't get closed one. Because all they get to do is change the status in a property, right? So, so we have closed one, which is SQL forwarded or SQA forwarded, yeah. right? That's their closed one. They get the dopamine hit. They get to see it. They get to see it built up in the, just like, just like, again, so there's, there's a, a psychology there, but then in our sales pipeline, we have three pipelines, right? That cover the same process. And I'll give you the, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll give you the dominant two. Um, actually, I'll give you the dominant. I'll give you three of the pipelines that we have. So one pipeline is for a project. One pipeline is for um, ongoing programs, recurring retainer programs. And then we have a third pipeline that um, we, we, we refer to it it, it. it got it started. And so it's still called the add-on pipeline, but it's actually used a little bit more for that. Now our add-on pipeline has three stages. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm violating my, um, my, 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 my five stages and, and, th- and I'll tell you why. Okay. So, so first off, so the pro- so let's, let's do the project pipeline and the, um, ongoing services pipeline. They're distinctly mm-hmm. different sales motions in a project and yep. a project. And you know, a typical project that we're doing is a tech implementation, HubSpot implementation. It's a very defined issue. It's a very defined set of, of elements. Um, as an example, our solution design phase is called scoping. Right? It, it is a scoping process. Now, on our ongoing programs, yep. it's called solution design. Right? And, and as a matter of fact, when people yep. ask for a scope, I, I say, well, can I see yeah. a scope for your job? Well, the scope for their job is their job description. Right. Right. Okay. Because it's, yeah. it's designed to be variant. So, so you can't scope it in the same way. It's designing what that solution is. It's a, you know, it, it um, but by, by the way, our, our, um, our recurring pipeline has, has a stage for defining the cost of the problem. You know, to, to, so, so we do separate that diagnosis phase really in, in, in into two steps. Right. And so what, what you see there are distinctly different motions. 
right? So the way we sell um, projects and the way we sell recurring are not the same. And what we'll get to for things that should be in it and, and how you define what your pipe, you know, where, where your stages are is they had different exit criteria. Now there's some overlap between the two, but there's distinctly different criteria. Um, our add-on pipeline is a much simpler pipeline. And that is because by the time they get to us, the finding and the learning has already happened. So it could be, um, hey, I want to talk about adding five more people to the sales coaching program. Um, right. Well, well, we're as 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 part of our ongoing delivery of of services, we're we're advising on that, right? But it is an opportunity that we've got to track. So so it doesn't have the same so like the solutions already been designed. It, it's the program that's already in place. It and now it's our ability to track. Um, you know, how many of those opportunities are generated. It, it has a very, very different motion with very, very different people involved. Um, it's got mm -hmm. different timing elements. It's also now come to, to be our um, rep-assisted product pipeline. Because again, so like our business acumen for sales, our deal selling courses where someone comes in, it, it is again a much simpler um you know, I talked about solution design for product. We don't do solution design for our business acumen course. Our business acumen course is our business acumen course, right? And 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 so it it it's a very different conversation. It is very much rep assisted, um, which which by the way I would say is very similar. Um, if you want to apply it to technology, um, it's very it's very similar to a PLG sale. So if I've got a rep, um, a rep directed motion versus a rep assisted motion those should not be in the same pipeline because they are different business processes. They, 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 they're parallel because yep. they're covering the same ground in your acquisition, right? They're, they're the new customer. Um, in some cases we'll also add an, an expansion, so by the way, our add on kind of became our expand pipeline, except we're not expanding in the defined element of, of expanded. If, if we're saying, Hey, we want to bring a new offering or extend, you know, an offering that they don't have, we would move that into either our project pipeline or our right. um, or our recurring pipeline because it's the same motion. But if you have a land expand business, then your land or land expand strategy, then your land motion is going to be different than mm -hmm. your expand motion because your expand motion is actually directly fishing, working within your install base, within your customer base to move forward. It's got different motions to it. Um, the only place where you could have similar motion where I would tend to fall towards separating the pipelines. And by the way, there's a reason why people struggle with separating pipelines. And it's, and it's funny, you can always tell the Salesforce people from the, um, from the first CRM yeah. anyone ever had was HubSpot because when, cause on the first CRM was HubSpot, what you typically see is someone who's got 17 pipelines. Um, we have the Jim pipeline and the Frank pipeline. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, why, why do you have a Jim Pipeline and a Frank Pipeline? Well, because they're two different salespeople. Well, they sell the same thing. They're the same state, right? That that's that's too many pipelines gone wrong. But the reason that that there was this belief to begin with that there should only be one pipeline was because the systems that existed only enabled one pipeline. So you had to make yeah. No, in fairness, so some of why you began to go to your activities because you had different motions 
but you were only allowed one pipeline to track it. So you went to your lowest common denominator. But going to where right. there could be a very similar motion where I where I could see myself going to two distinct pipelines or more than one pipeline is if the um, if the velocity or the complexity was was materially different. So so if I'm selling the same set of services to enterprise that I'm selling to small, it might it might technically have the same stages, mm-hmm. but but the velocity of those pipelines, the time like you know sales cycle times, et cetera, that- would be distinctly different. And so depending upon what other motions are, it, 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 it enables me by separating them. I, I, it, it, it makes it easier for me to get some signal and analytics harder to get others. So it begins to go to what, what, you know, I begin to look at second degree elements um, as to whether or not you should begin to separate those pipelines. Yeah, that was going to be my question if it would skew the numbers. So is that is that one trade-off if you're if you are breaking that up into two pipelines you you lose some functionality with with tracking and analytics and reporting or You know, not really. Um if 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 you configure it correctly, there's um there's some visualization, some simple visualization that that you lose. Um Yeah. It it you don't lose anything. It's a question of of what needs a you know an added bit of configuration and support um, to to get. So so if I have two different pipelines, I've got to do an added work to be able to get the to, to view them as one. If I have one pipeline, I have to do added work to be able to to get the right signal if I want to view them as two. So if I'm trying to get a, a feel for what's my enterprise velocity or what is my enterprise side look like versus my SMB side. Um, yep. which, which one do I want to go to more easily? Which one? And by the way, where you need more config, more support, it also means that it's more likely that someone will be looking for something and they'll make a mistake because they'll miss that that little nuance. And so they might not actually be looking at the right data. Again, it's you don't technically lose anything. It's, it's more a question um, of what becomes more intuitive and a little bit easier. And, and also there, there like one, another reason that, so, so let's say that I had, and I'm not a fan of, of the same person selling an enterprise that sells to SMB, but if I had the same person selling enterprise and SMB, I would probably move more towards, and it's the same underlying motion that, that mm-hmm. would probably move me more towards, um, single pipeline. If I've got, yeah. if I've got distinctly different teams, that's going to move me more likely to, to separate pipelines. Because now, you know, there's, there's more noise in, um, right. And, and, and so again, all those things, come. that's, that's where we get into the nuance and there's some, you know, again, behavioral nudging to that and so forth. Yep. You, you hit on this a little bit because you talked about exit criteria, but what are the other things that you, you should consider outside of just stages as far as pipeline structure and, and making sure that you have the right the right tracking, the right functionality for the, for the reps to be able to track and do what they need to do. So, so I think what you need to do is you need to find, I can't remember how many categories it is. Count it. And when we're done, tell me how many it is. So, so you have a stage, the net, like you need to answer the question. What, what's the purpose of each stage? What's the objective? What, what job does this, is this stage doing? Right. That, that, that can communicates the intent. The next thing you should be doing is, and in, in this stage, what's happening in the customer's world? What, what are they doing? What, 
where are they? What are they thinking? What actions are they taking? What's happening? Then on our side, what are we doing? What actions are we taking? What are we thinking? What's happening on our side? Um, the exit criteria, which is to say at each mm -hmm. stage, what has to happen for us to consider us past the first milestone. So, so this is where pipelines get people into trouble as well. And I was actually telling George today, I, I don't, I, I am calling it a buying journey less and less. I'm certainly calling it a purchasing journey less and less. It's more of an odyssey, right? Everybody <laughs> takes a different path. <laughs> That's a good word, isn't it? To describe it. The sales, it's a sales odyssey. It is. This is, this is amazing. Right? And, and, and so like, as an example, authority talking to, you know, you, you, you've got the right authority that's there. That, that's rarely a requirement in a first stage or in a, in a super early stage. Yeah, right? sure, sure. But sure. But what if I'm talking to the, you know, to the top dog that the first person I talk to is the top dog. Guess what? That criteria has been met. Right. So, so, yeah. so again, I can be through the first stage having gotten some of the things in later stages, I, you know, someone says, um, I want a proposal. You might have a, an exit criteria of intent to buy. That could be an exit criteria. Um, in my first conversation, you tell me you want a proposal. Okay, intent to buy is marked. Now, now what happens that I see salespeople do is they tend to define where, where a sale is in its process by the stimulus that is closest to the end. I was, I was about to go there. I was like, well, if I have an authority figure and that's an exit criteria for the last stage, I can just, I can just right. skip all the way and, to there. Right. And, and, and by the way, the number of times I hear something, so, well, look, they're asking for a proposal. Okay. Well, we don't even understand what their problem is yet. Well, you know what? They're asking yep. for a proposal and we don't, you know, if someone wants to buy, you don't want to upset yep. them. Yeah. Okay. So, so what, what happens is, by, by the way, in your exit criteria, what you're now doing is you're now giving the full map with a nudge, it does a whole bunch of coaching on its own for what are the components, what what needs to happen for the sale. That's where so demo is an exit criteria, right? All, all those okay. all those activities, meeting scheduled could could be an exit criteria. I, I tend to think it's kind of inferred, but and and you're going to track your meeting elements no. differently. But but by the way, I might sure. have you know we do have in some cases first meeting profile completed. Now, you know what's funny about that? Sometimes yeah. it takes four or five meetings to complete the first meeting profile, right? But, but, but anyway, right. so, so you're, you're identifying the, those criteria and a stage doesn't move from stage one to stage two until all the exit criteria of stage one are met, right? And by the way, so I might, have, I might be in stage one having met all of the criteria of stage two before I meet all the criteria of stage one. And so when that last criteria of stage one is met, I now go to stage three. Now, when you do this, now the, now the probability of each stage really is higher. The reason that your stage that your stages before are not higher, like the, the, the traditional approach is 98 times out of 100, if I look at a pipeline that doesn't have exit criteria, steps are skipped. Oh, yeah. We're absolutely. missing things. And or they're not assessed because, by the way, that 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 profile is completed. Okay, what's that profile telling us? There's profile right. that tells us 
this is high fit. Oh my God. They are like, they have acute issues. They are, you know, I, I know at step two, they're a high probability. Like I have people at step two that have a higher probability uh, in our forecasting than I have in the final stage post proposal, et cetera. It's the exit criteria right. and those components that, that determine that. Um, then there's, um, you know, what else ha- happens? What, who's, who in the organization is impacted at each stage? What actions need to happen at each stage? So this is how we get sales and marketing orchestration. So you begin to yep. identify this and now we have orchestration that's working along the lines of that path. And this truly does become instructional. It becomes prescriptive and it becomes predictive. So, so I've got four categories. What job is the stage doing? Five. Okay. So what's the fifth one? What's triggered? What's triggered. Okay. Gotcha. What's triggered. What, what, Five, what's so... happening on our back end? Who's so like we have some cases, okay. uh, you know, the estimate team has to start. The assessment team comes in, you know, that, that, that's where, you know, when we're implementing in HubSpot, we'll actually use tickets to manage that back end service. Yeah. See, see one of yeah. the other things about, about the pipeline and when you don't do it this way, it's a problem is we're so, we're so focused on the front stage aspect of sales, the friction between the buyer and the seller. It, it sucks mm-hmm. up so much oxygen in the conversation that, that we don't realize that 70% of the friction, 70% of the shit that gets in the way is, is internal because we're not coordinated. Right. And, and, oh, and oh, by the way, when you win the business, and operations goes, we didn't know this was coming or we didn't know that was the case where you're now able to identify, you know, what's what, where's this or, or Mark, you know, sales, why did marketing send this? Well, well, we didn't know. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, so where, where do, where do pipelines fail? Like what are the mistakes that people make? With pi- I mean, we talked about not having to find exit criteria for steps missed. Yeah, so but- so the, the 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 biggest mistakes are they're 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 too rigid. They don't support um, infinite paths and styles. So that's the that's the use case of doesn't support if I've got somebody if I've got some exit criteria from stage four, but I'm still in stage one, I'm not able to really effectively track account for. Okay. Well, so, so rigid would be, you know, like, like the 17 step pipeline is a very rigid pipeline. It, 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 um, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Jess, you've gone totally off camera. Just FYI, people see basically your ear. Um, no, now you're good. When you were leaning over, I was still, Oh no, I was still showing on camera on mine. Okay. Well, okay. So, but in, in just so you know, in terms of the view here, like you'll see, don't worry. We're, we're everyone. We're using a new, we're, we're, we're testing something new out here. Um, so, so too rigid, too linear. Okay. Um, another, you know, mistaking activities for stages too vague, too broad, too meaningless. You can think of a couple, um, the Goldilocks, Goldilocks is what we're looking for. You know, in, in, in a separate conversation and, a se- and, and, and separate content we have, we talk about forecast confidence. I, I think a mistake is 
you know, to me, the stage and the probability um, are, are very, very different things. Um, now, I do think someone in stage four should have a higher probability than that someone should would have in stage two. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't yeah. mean so. So company X, if they're in stage four, should have a higher probability than company X would have in stage two. Right. So it should right. be weeding out. Um, right. But but company Y in stage two may have a much higher probability than than a much higher forecast confidence than company X in stage four. Um, there's also an element to timing. Right. So I might this might have a higher probability, but higher probability doesn't answer when. And so there's a. Um, you know, I, I, I see people way overestimate how fast things are going to happen. It leads to bad forecasting. Um, and, and, and so what ends up happening is we play the 3x coverage. We talk about pipeline coverage. We say, as long as I've got 3x my number, then I'm going to be fine. Um, and, and, and what it doesn't account for, you know, what, what, when you do that, you end up focusing on lower quality pipeline. Mm -hmm. So again, how you're measuring this, how you're judging this is important how you set up your analytics. So whenever we do win rate analysis, um, we always do them by N and by revenue. So N is number of opportunities, right? So I had 20 opportunities come in. I won five of them. That's a 25% win rate, right? That's the N rate. The revenue rate right. is those 20 opportunities represented a million dollars um, and our five wins represented a hundred thousand dollars. So I had a 10% mm -hmm. win rate. I had 25% N, 10% revenue, or those five opportunities represented $350,000 and a 25% N win rate and a 35% revenue win rate. Um, and by the way, one of the things you'll also begin to find, and this could lead to different pipelines, is you might find that the motions at revenue opportunities shift. What's involved to win a, a larger deal is different than what's involved to win a smaller deal. And I see this very often. Everyone is either always overselling or underselling because they only have one path. And so yeah. I might be making it, you know, harder for for this one and too easy for that one or or doing too much on this one, but too little on that one. And, you know, so on and so forth. So it, it, it really is, you know, again, not tying the pipeline to the underlying motion, to the underlying business process. Um, you know, I, if, if, if I'm making chairs and I'm making ovens, I don't hear anyone trying to say, well, we need to, we need to combine those processes. <laughs> Look, everybody, I don't no. want to get one set. I, I want to use the same raw materials. I want to use the same manufacturing line. I want to use the same process. Like no one would think about that. Right. Right. But, you know, my, my small business to, you know, all, all those things that, you know, we're trying to unify. Well, okay. You should unify where it's, where it's unified. Right. So sure. again, the business process has to drive. That's the biggest mistake is that it doesn't. All right. I think that that is a great place to stop. And I think that's a great takeaway. I had a couple others. Um, as far as when you're when you're outlining the structure, make sure you define your inflection points. Um, make sure that your stages are actually stages and not just 
activities that would fall under those stages. And then um, the, those five categories of defining what's the job of the stage, which ha what's happening for the prospect, what's happening for us, exit criteria, and what's triggered um, within each stage. These are kind of my, my key takeaways. And we didn't get to everything, so we might have a part two. <laughs> yeah, I knew you'd be excited about that. Nothing. I like talking more. I, and it's actually probably true. I love talking sales pipeline. All right. On that note, don't miss the next RevOps show. Thanks, everybody.